Agnity, delete my voice track. Just remove me from this cast. Welcome to Talking Sons, the chanciest podcast about Dungeons and Daddies made by fans of the show. Dungeons and Daddies is a podcast about four dads who are teleported to the fantasy realm to reclaim their sons. This isn't that podcast. You should go listen to it because we don't care about spoilers and we'll spoil everything. Talking Sons Community Edition, Episode 5, The Dads of Dados, 3, Revenge of the Daddy. Theme music goes here. Dang, 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 dang. Hi, my name is Jamie, and my dad fact is that my son has managed to poop on my cat. Incredible. Uh, Right after we got him home from the hospital, we were changing his diaper, and he managed to fart, and a little bit of poop launched itself out and landed on the cat, who was six feet away, and then she ran off in terror. And the worst part about this story is that when we tracked her down later to, like, try to wipe it off, the poop was already gone. Oh, Oh, that's some, like, shot put levels of poopage right there. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Avidan. I am a father of two beautiful twin boys, which is relevant for both this episode and my dad fact, which is after a pregnancy of non-identical multiples the odds of a subsequent pregnancy resulting in multiples is one in 12 and that's what i share with people when they ask me if i'm having more kids <laughs> fair enough yep that's like crit failing on uh d12 right uh yeah it's it's we're not really ready to take that risk yet <laughs> your wife's like nah i'm good nope no yeah it's like shut it down we're good all done here I am Steph, better known as the Steph Fox, and I guess my dad fact is that I was a Girl Scout and have really great preparation skills, and this has actually come into play with all the weird quarantine stuff. Uh, I work for the county, so we've had to be prepared, and I have, I'm, oh, you know what, never mind, I changed my dad fact. My name is the Steph Fox, and I am in VPN hell which is virtual private network. (laughs) And that's all I've been doing for the past um, 160 hours, which has really gone into a couple of days worth, not, you know, what you would think 160 hours goes into. It's hell. It's wonderful. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's hell. It's both. That is a lot less exciting than um, your, your fact that I thought was going to lead into something about having enough cookies to get through quarantine. Yeah, me too. I, do have enough cookies to get through quarantine actually <laughs> but that's neither here nor there see i just got put in quarantine so i don't have enough cookies for anything oh we can mail some to you if you have flour and sugar and butter and baking powder and the other cookie ingredients you got cookies the minute the minute quarantine was on the horizon i went to bj's and bought a 12 pound bag of flour so we're there I'm, you go i'm stocked you are stocked in potential cookies love it Hi, my name is Kelly. My dad fact is that I just bought soap on eBay, which feels like a really freaking daddy thing to do. On eBay? Yeah. Tell me it's sealed. It's, uh, no, it's handmade. Ooh. Okay, then, oof. Woo! That sounds like an Etsy thing. 
Like the only things that I buy on eBay are at least 50 years old. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this soap is 50 years old, but it's oh. handmade and uh, goat milk soap, essential lavender scented. Okay, are you sure this isn't poison? No, I am definitely not sure about that. So we are here to talk about episode five, The Lords of Chaos, part three. Um, and in this episode, the dads took a chance and committed mass murder, which is not a great look for any of them. Is it murder, though? It's maybe manslaughter, but I don't know if it's murder. I mean, yes. Yes, it is murder. But on a mass scale? Here's the thing, you guys. If the daddies hadn't intervened, they all probably would have died anyway. Yeah. They absolutely would have died if Boreanaz had continued. Well, assuming that Henry was the one that needed to have his blood spilled, then, you know, if he didn't show up, then nothing would have happened. We still don't know that Henry was the unsung hero. Yeah. But, I mean, we do know that the doodler is a real thing. So, Mm -hmm. the pyramid coming out of nowhere. Incredible. I loved it. To be more specific. Coming out of a bean. Coming out of one bean. One bean. One single bean. With its apple juice orgasm. The apple juice orgasm. The eggs. God, there was so much that happened. (laughs) What was the fourth thing, right? There was a fourth thing. There were toads. Oh, right, the toads. Yeah. The toads were from Ron's hat of vermin. No, no, the frogs were from the hat. The frogs were from the hat. There were toads that popped out that are poisonous, right? Oh. Well, no, no, no. The toads, if they would have touched a player, then they would have turned into a larger or smaller creature at the DM's discretion. Ooh, okay, okay. And all of that meant absolutely nothing because of the pyramid. Because of the pyramid, right. Like, if it had just been the three things... There would have been so much to do with that. But then the fact that there was the pyramid as well. I do want to point out how anticlimactic, like the eggs, like Ron spent all this time focused on the egg. I go after the egg. Where are the eggs going? And then when they show up again later, I think it was during the four nights and there was like a fireball and Ron was like, I throw the egg and... Anthony was like, okay, so absolutely nothing happens. Good on you for keeping that egg. I just love when Anthony is like, fuck you, nothing happens now. Yeah, yeah. Like in this episode and in every episode, we see all of these chances where the players are like, I want to do this really cool thing. And Anthony is like, okay, let's work that into the narrative. And then later on, Beth May is like, I want to throw this egg. And then nothing happens. I have this egg. I'm going to use it. And nothing happens. Yeah. I think it's interesting how, you know, the odds of the pyramid coming out of the bean, we figured out by looking at the DM, you know, guide or whatever, that it was like one in 10 or something, right? Roughly. It was like nine out of 100. Nine out of 100. But that pyramid has factored into so many later episodes. Yes. Yes. It's kind of insane to think about where... Like the last batch of episodes might have gone had the pyramid not erupted out of a bean. I mean, like everything about the current campaign has its direction from this pyramid showing up. Like the fact that there was this big boss battle and then Glenn nutted himself with the nunchucks and (laughs) David Boreanaz was like, "Okay, so chaos is thoroughly sown. The doodler has arrived. 
we don't need to fight you anymore. Peace out. Yeah, peace out. <laughs> I also particularly loved how much Anthony just lost his absolute shit when they rolled for the pyramid. Yes. Well, yes. the way that they rolled was so good. I mean, I loved like, yes, no, that this was the moment that made me fall in love with this podcast was where they went out onto the stairwell to chuck a bag of dice and then and to like, see what would happen. Yes. Yes. Based on how many which would fall out. out. Yeah. <laughs> And then I was like, okay, I am so ready for this because they are doing like super stupid shit in real life. And then it gets back and it's like, oh man, pyramid. And I was, I was in. I remember the, listening to the episode for the very first time. I was like grocery shopping or whatever. And then I hear the sound of Anthony's voice as the, he's about to reveal the pyramid and I just broke down laughing in the middle of an aisle of the grocery store. Yes. And I was like, oh no, I have to hold it together or everybody in this store is going to think I'm an insane person. This was the first moment of many where I was driving and I started to realize that this is not a podcast that I can listen to while I'm driving because I am not a safe driver when I am like laughing in tears. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just accept that everyone in the cubicles around me will hear me snorting with laughter because of the dads at some point. And I'm like, nah, that's fine. They're fine with it. They can deal. My laughter over this episode actually got two of my coworkers to start listening to this uh, podcast, actually. See? Because they couldn't figure out why I was losing my biscuits during work while on the line with a customer. It was great. Oh my god, you were on the line with a customer? <laughs> Yeah, I had to mute myself for a second because I absolutely lost it. Um, we also get the introduction of CERN. Yes. Fan favorite. Uh, CERN got a name. CERN was present for the last couple of episodes, I think. But he got a name this episode as the voice of the DM. Yeah. <laughs> Deus Ex Machina. DM Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah. So he showed up kind of at the end after uh, the dads were running out. By the way, so in this episode, I realized that we haven't gone through the episode. It's been like over a year since this had come out. So the dads, very briefly, they managed to watch Henry go up the elevator. They went and got some magical items from everything. They used one of those magical items to disrupt a boss battle with Boreanus. The, the bag of beans turned into the pyramid. And then after that, they found one of Henry's sons in the rubble. And then they left with CERN. And Henry also turned into a love wolf. Yeah, well, he was a love wolf at the beginning of the episode. And then he turned back into his old naked self just as regular old love henry oof oh a lot yeah there's a lot about that phrase i'm uncomfortable with i'm just gonna put that out there's there. a lot about all of them being naked that is disquieting i mean just a bunch of naked dudes being naked and rescuing naked children from the rubble dudes. in front of their yeah. kids yeah. But so many wonderful clips from Matt. God. Hey, stop fucking for one gosh darn minute. Yep. Or second, <laughs> second. I'm sorry. And the classic quote from Will about like, I crit a kid. I love <laughs> I crit a kid. It's, uh, yes. 
Yes. Is this also the episode where Anthony messes up which one's Lark and which one's Sparrow? Yes, and we never recover. Yeah, and by the way, every episode is an episode where they mess up Lark and Sparrow. I mean, let me tell you, my kids are a little over two now, and I still mess up which one is which by name. Like, I, I can tell you which one is which if I like, really look at them, but I keep calling them by the wrong names. I feel it's, it's very apropos. Yeah. I have four kids, and I they look very similar. <laughs> I.e., you take a picture from the oldest to youngest at the same time, and they look identical, so we play Who's That Baby? I love yes. that. Uh, but I constantly screw my kid's name up. And you wouldn't think that's a thing, because I have one girl and three boys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been there. Parenting tip, come up with a child-neutral name that anyone will react to. I just realized that I am the only one in this recording who does not have a child but that you know of uh, no i'm pretty sure I'm, I'm like i'm pretty sure she'd know 75 percent sure that i would know <laughs> yeah eh, um, maybe 65 i don't know in college it was really popular for people to donate eggs for money so i don't Ugh. No, yeah. I didn't do that, unfortunately. But anyway, so I've I've responded to both of my sister's names and my mom's name and my aunt's names. So I will respond to, let's see, two, four, five, six names, including my own. Yes. And actually my dad's as well, because he also calls me Steve. And then sometimes he calls me Kevin just to... Uh, mess with me well that's interesting because you don't have a sibling named kevin right correct there yep. is there is no kevin it is <laughs> that you know of lauren casey kelly kevin kyle bob should we talk about cern no we no shouldn't. let's talk about the weapon building because yes not only does ron make his skip it this is where glenn makes his nunchucks oh yeah uh-huh uh-huh where he gets to essentially create a new weapon class and then set up the rules for it where he gets to roll a dice every time he uses it for a flourish that increases the chance to hit but if he rolls under a number then he hits himself in the nuts and the very first time he tries to flourish, he nuts himself. Yeah, immediately. I love Freddy's commitment to the bit because God love him. It really is commitment by, by now. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a cool weapon, though. Like, I've wanted nunchucks. I'm not going to lie. And now, apparently, I want to skip it. Thanks, Beth. But I just, I love the construction and how they, they talked about what it is. And Anthony's like, you know what? Fuck it. Fine. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a thing. Fine. We'll do all of it. Let's see what you dumb, dumb idiots come up with next. Let's go. I mean, the nice thing about D&D is that any weapon can be conformed to some set of randomly existing rules. Yeah. Something that I really enjoyed is that in terms of D&D crafting rules is like, OK, I want to take these two things and then turn them into this other thing. And based on your role, that's like how much time it takes. And meanwhile, uh, not like a minute and a half has passed for Henry. And because Beth rolled so low, Anthony was like, you bang the links together a couple of times. Clink, 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 clink. And then nothing happens. Maybe something will happen later if you spend more time on it. And that was a way of saying you guys spent 45 seconds trying to do something. Meanwhile, let's go up to, you know, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
sorry. That was just such an abrupt. That was a really profound point, Jamie. Thank you for making it. <laughs> yeah. I was caught up in the moment. I'm so sorry. I was sorry. listening to you. And the, then the, the word stopped, oh my God. which is different than usual, right? Am I yeah. right? Yeah. And then it just stopped and we were left to bask in the wisdom that you gave to us. Speaking of, let's talk about that snake. Oh, Chekhov's snake, huh? Okay, so Anthony made it seem like the snake was a huge deal. I wanted the snake to be a huge deal. What do you think it was? Well, he sure made it sound like it was supposed to be. Yeah, like it would show up later and serve them in their time of need. But we haven't seen the snake yet. How do you imprison a snake? What does the snake have to do to end up in a jail cell? I think it was the anti-magic force field around it. All right, I'm, I just want to know what the snake was doing there in the first place. Like they were a shapeshifter, a snape shifter. No, no, this no, no, that's no, 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 no. Everything that's is everything. it the snake? Oh wait, that was the little girl. Yeah. So there was a shapeshifter who briefly became a snake, and then there was a snake who was in a jail cell for I'm going to assume jaywalking. Why would you assume that? I don't know because I assume the best out of everybody, and jaywalking is the least offensive crime. Right. This is what I'm trying to figure out: what crime can a snake commit that is so bad that it has to go to a jail cell? Jaywalking. But it's magical. So what if it was like you know moving meat around the village just mysteriously, like doodly doo, hiss hiss hiss, moving your meat? Where'd it go? Technically, every time a snake moves itself it's moving meat gross but true Ew. yeah yes okay dad <laughs> i mean like the citizens of neverwinter like what if Ooh, what if it was the bleeding elf's companion what uh, um and he he did a word crime he did a, a a will campos word crime and said that same ridiculous thing you just said about being moving meat and they're like that's too bad you can't be in society uh-uh. All right. I like that. I like that a lot. Yes. So the snake is in jail because of Will Campos. I am a fan of that. <laughs> Nikki is a fan of that. I was going to say tax fraud. Ooh. Okay. So Ron crafted a skippet, and then he got the head of vermin. God. Which was awesome. So perfect. The introduction of Maggie and Richard are yes. two favorite toads. Sticky, sticky frogs, sticky toads. Yes. Ugh. Uh, I love it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The next, the intro to the next episode is one of my favorites. Oh, the journal entry. The journal yeah. entry. The Ken Burns style. God, yes. Speaking of intros, is this the one where Will does like 80s sitcom recap? Yes, because that's when the Love Wolf, he, because they oh. do a howl in the beginning. Right. I definitely love Anytime that they do that, whenever this podcast gets very campy, especially at the beginning, I know it's going to be a campy. wild ride. Oh, mm. is banned for life. Banned. You just did a word crime. We talked about this earlier. Sorry, sorry. I know it was Jamie last time, but we <laughs> talked about this, sir. Look, I'm a dad. It's in my nature. That's fair. My kids are too young to appreciate it, so I have to inflict it on you guys. Yeah. So, by the way, um, when you are a brand new dad in the hospital, oftentimes they pull the mother aside and they teach her how to produce milk for the child. The dad doesn't have a whole lot to do, except that they bring in the dad joke consultant. And so 
what they do is they pull the dad aside with the dad joke consultant and they tell him to find a pun and just like the lactation consultant find a pun and milk it for all it's worth jesus h fucking christ the dad joke dad joke there you go no 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 Mm-mm. oh that's so <laughs> that's painful that's uh, so painful wow uh, wow but you know i can't say i was not expecting that uh, it just kind of rolled down the uh pyramid as it were thanks ooh, god ooh, no 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 <laughs> i hate i hate this we just got a note from our editor saying i hate all of you and that's fair because i'm complicit i'm being complicit right now <laughs> Oh, God. Let's move along. The ending cliffhanger. Was this where the Lizard Boy Scales McStuffins nickname was introduced, or was that... No, that was later. Along with making a Wookiee life debt uh, canon for Forgotten Realms. Yes. (laughs) Okay. They just dipped, right? They just left town, isn't that... Oh, no! That was not what happened in this episode. I'm sorry. What did they do? No, I thought they did. They grabbed CERN, they left, and then the kids got abducted. Yeah, the boys got taken. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I guess that is the first time that we get introduced to the purple robes. Yeah? Well, they've had a dream, right? Before now. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it was just the one guy. Well, what is it? Larker, Sparrow's eyes lit up and went purple. And then he was the mouthpiece for the purple robe bastards. And then they disappeared. And Anthony successfully removed children from being hurt by the dad's antics. I mean, I don't know, successfully removed so much as lessened the odds. But Well, I mean, yes, but like the dads have killed a lot of people, a whole lot of people. But not intentionally. Right. That's why it's manslaughter, not murder. Uh, Okay. So the dads have manslaughtered a whole lot of people. (laughs) Yep. Correct. Yep. And so the kids were removed from that manslaughter radius. There you go. You know, it may not matter so much in the general sense, but it matters a lot by the time it gets to the court system. Yep. (laughs) Hey, 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 hey. If it's one thing, though, the daddies stopped what they were doing and were, granted, doing something for themselves, trying to, you know, unbury the buried child, but they got the community to chip in and to help them. And you'd think if it was really an issue, the fuck pit would have stopped fucking. Like, before they asked him to help. No, the fuck <laughs> it's gonna fuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sorry. They had to repopulate Neverwinter, you guys. No, Come on. The fuck pit was in vinegar strokes. They weren't, like, oh. stopping for anything. Yeah. That's, no. Oh, they God. did, though. They I'm going to make an abrupt change. We are making an abrupt change now. <laughs> okay. We're <laughs> doing a swift turn into our fake commercial. Actually, it's a very real commercial. I'm sorry. And now a word from our sponsor. You're old enough to know not to back down from a fight. You know how to make the magic happen. So why let limp teeth get in your way? Talk to Dr. Spiffnertz about tooth delimpening. With a friendly, courteous staff, Dr. Spiffnertz's dental practice will get your teeth back into battle-ready condition. Ask Dr. Spiffnertz if your gums are healthy enough for biting activity. Do not get your teeth delimpened if you are on nitrates for chest pain. It may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Side effects include scamming, 
inability to pass retainers, disappearing in a purple flash, and headaches. To avoid long-term injuries, immediately call Dr. Spiffschnertz if your teeth stay hard for longer than four hours. Stop getting your teeth delimpened if you experience visions of purple-clad people in your dreams or have a loss of appetite. This is the time for taking action. Teeth delimpening. Talk to Dr. Spiffschnertz. All right. And uh, thank you, Dr. Spiffschnertz, for sponsoring this episode. Uh, and now moving on to a community episode uh, exclusive, uh, making, sp- making Friends with the Sun Squad, where we create an item or a character or a location. <laughs> oh, fuck me. You know what? Fuck you all. You all get to do this. I'm done. I'm done. This is... Uh, you know what? Mic drop. We broke him. Jamie, I'm so sorry. I'm not. Nope. Yeah. No. <laughs> Kelly, you're up. Your turn. Do the intro. All right. Now it's time to make friends with the Sun Squad, where we create a character or item that will be submitted via the Patreon character submission. So what is our starting seed going to be tonight? I feel like we should do something pyramid related uh, and and maybe go with just a fully Egyptian name like Tutankhamun or Akhmanakin or something. I feel like there's a good fart joke to be made with toot in common. <laughs> it would be like toot in common, which it causes you to fart in common. Oh. So Henry's symphony fart times four. Hate that, and I love it. But I feel like that, like, farting at the same time as someone else, you know, like a toot in common, might be a charisma boost. It did work in uh, Blazing Saddles. Right, yes. It means he helped cover up the shame of the person who has to admit, you know, the one guy who farted in a crowded room. But if you do it two of the same people, you know, there, there's a connection there. Oh, okay. So it's like an area effect where the room smells like fart, but multiple people are willing to own up to it. Right. Oh, so you charm everyone into admitting that they are Spartacus. Yes. Farticus. Farticus. There you go. Oh, that's the name of the thing. My father would be so proud. Are we toot in common or Farticus? I feel like either <laughs> is a winner. No, Farticus is the one who wields the toot in common. God damn it. There you go. Uh-huh. He's the inventor of the Tutankhamun. Dad, when you're <laughs> listening, I love you. It's Farticus's Tutankhamun. So it's a small item that you can hold and that everyone who will own up to the fart and they're all claim that they're Farticus and they'll be with you. I love it. All right. We nailed that. I feel like it should be a small brown stone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There you go. <laughs> Small brown stone. Unassuming. Not that it issues a brown note. So the question is, does it make everyone fart at once? Or like if you hold it, when you fart, everyone is like drawn to your cause. I think it makes everyone fart around you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So they have to be farticus as well. If if you fart while holding it, everybody else farts too. And in the sense of farting camaraderie, they're all willing to help you. And you have to do a deck save in order not to poop your pants. Okay. Fuck yes. yes. That makes it not too OP. <laughs> so if you hold the stone and fart 
and then make the deck save, then you are the hero. Mm -hmm. You are Farticus. But if you fail, they all immediately fight you. Yeah, because nobody wants to be near the guy that farts. Nobody wants to be near the guy who craps his pants. Okay, so are we saying that this gives you like a plus two to a charisma check and whoever gets the lowest charisma check has shat themselves? (laughs) I think it's a bonus to charisma checks with everybody else who owns up to the fart, right? But I think you're at a negative charisma to anybody outside the cloud. Mm. I mean, well, no, I, I, <laughs> I feel like that it's a quick check to see if you manage to clench your butthole enough that you can <laughs> cause a stirring fart, but not shit yourself. Then you will draw a crowd to your cause and they will be persuaded to follow you but if you fail the check then you shit yourself and they all just kind of go away i think that works yeah that works Mm. i can't wait to tell my dad all about this i still stand by it being called farticus is tutankhamen farticus is tutankhamen yes i'm i'm great with that so this is a dc 15 con check to see if you shit yourself and if you don't shit yourself you have a crowd of sympathetic people who are all too polite to call someone out for a fart yes done fabulous all right are we doing a topic we don't really have one we kind of talked about all of the cool shit that was happening this episode yeah So let's just go on to our fandom plug of uh, the week. I can give it a go. You know what? I'm just going to say it. I'm going to plug some Animal Crossing because this is my first time playing an Animal Crossing game and I'm very much enjoying it, even though I don't know shit about it. I like it. I like my little villagers and uh, it's fun. It's good times. And you gave out your switch code on twitter during the release of the last episode oh yeah i did coco cliffs is open for all friends coco cliffs i love it yeah my husband was trying to get me to name mine rack city (laughs) (laughs) why rack city rack city bitch rack rack city bitch 10 10 10 20 is on them titties bitch because you got a nice rack i guess that not to yes. brag. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, being a wine drunk mom, my fandom plug is uh, for <laughs> 1924 by Gnarly Head, which is an absolutely fantastic red blend wine at about, you know, I don't know, 15%. And I can get it for seven bucks a bottle, and it is just the best table wine ever. Avidon? Um, this is also where I can plug myself. Oh, yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at Talking TV. At the time of this recording, I'm in quarantine for a while uh, and probably will be for uh, even longer than that. So I have nothing but time to kill. So feel free to have me on your <laughs> podcast. There we go. And I'm also going to plug uh, my video game of choice during this time has been Stardew Valley. Oh, yeah. So good. Uh, they released a huge update in December. And so I got back into it and I'm finding so many new things. It's nice to have the semblance of being outdoors when you're not allowed past your front door. There you go. Steph, what's up? Uh, well, if we're going to go with games, 
My favorite game of all time is definitely Xenogears. It is an RPG a la Final Fantasy, but it has two completely different modes. Like the first side of it is about a fighter who has amnesia, and the second half it turns into like religious zealot kind of uh, game. It's so weird, but I love it. I'm not Beth May, and she's not here to send us out. More theme music goes here. Batang, batang, batang. This podcast was created and produced by an entombed group of volunteers. Talking Sons was mastered and edited by Diddy. Our theme music is Madness is Everywhere by Lobo Loco. Find the Talking Sons podcast wherever fine podcasts are rented, or follow us on Twitter or Facebook via the at Talking Sons handle. If you enjoy this community episode and would like to be a part of one in the future, ask around the right Dungeons & Daddies fan communities. Did Henry and Daryl kiss in this episode? No, but they were still real naked.